Well, welcome to week number four of our series that we're calling Simply Faith. And in this series, what we've been doing is just believing God to increase our capacity to believe Him. How many believe in God for some things in your life? Amen. Amen. And so, so we, we, we got to engage faith and we got to lean into that. And so we've been learning and, and hoping that you really grab a hold of the idea that God not only can, but He will do what His Word promises. He will do what, what he said he would do. And so today I want to talk to you about a subject that, that many times we, we think about is somebody else's responsibility. And this, is, this message is called Faith for the One. And uh, the Lord showed me some things that I think are good, you're going to find uh, helpful and insightful. And so let's be the one this, reach, this week that reaches the one. And if we don't have a one, let's reach someone. Okay? Find somebody that you can reach out to this week. Today's Palm Sunday, and next week is Easter, and so we want to encourage you today just in the idea that we're all called to reach people for Jesus. That's not the pastor's job. My job is to teach a message that you may or may not give me a lot of amens on, (laughs) but simply to do what God's called us to do. Amen? And so today's Palm Sunday. When you think about Palm Sunday, what do you think about? Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and all the people were cheering and and, uh, the palm branches, right? You know, we think of those. Some of your palms are really hurting right now after last month, but those were probably very green. And so, um, and yet in just a few days, those same people were going to be crying out, crucify him, crucify him, Right? And soon his blood was going to be on their hands just like it's also on ours because we've sinned as well. And so I wonder what Jesus was thinking when he was riding on the donkey. On the way, knowing where he was headed over the next week was the crucifixion, that he would die for our sins. I don't think he was doing a, you know, a Miss America wave. Whatever, if that's close, I don't know. I don't think he was doing that. I don't think he was thinking, wow, you know, the people, they really love me. I think, I think Jesus was thinking about the person today, and maybe some of you are this way. You feel like giving up. What's the use? Why keep going? Maybe Jesus was thinking about the one to, that was uh, going to be years down the road addicted to some kind of drug and, and have no hope. Maybe he was thinking about the child of that and the parent of that child who raised that child in church and raised that child to serve Jesus. But now that child was get, growing up and going a different direction. I think Jesus was probably thinking about people that had experienced tragedy been through hard times. I think he was thinking about the executive who had everything but happiness. I think he was probably thinking about the single mom and the student that was really trying hard to focus and get through whatever grade or class they were in. What was Jesus thinking about? He was thinking about the one. You and me. He was thinking about us, and for many of us here, many of you watching, we've we've received our sins forgiven. We have put our faith and trust in Jesus. And and I I wonder if he was thinking about the idea, so those that I have not only died for, but who've accepted me as their Lord and Savior, how will they respond to those that are hurting and needy around them? How will they respond to the ones that don't really know Jesus, the people that need a relationship with him. I I wonder if he was thinking about that. 
And Jesus may have been asking himself what the father had asked the prophet in the Old Testament. Isaiah 6, 8 says this, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said back, I sa it says there, I said, he was writing the book, Here am I, send me. Can you say that? Here am I, send me. You that are online, say it with me, with these here. Here am I, send me. Amen? That's my prayer today, that you would say, Lord, send me. That you would know that you would, you're sent. And I, I pray that, that you would, in the days and weeks and months and years ahead, that you would demonstrate faith that you have been called to be one of those that God has sent. And, and my job is, is to equip you. I can't, I don't know the people you know. I'm not at the places where you're at. I'm not in the relationships you're in, but you are, and God's placed you there with a divine assignment. So let's, let's go back and just refresh ourselves about the series verse. Habakkuk 2.4 says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. In the context of, th of this message, it will, it, you could say this, the just shall live by faith for reaching others. Now, I'm going to have my faith set to reach someone, to help someone. And, and, and faith says, you know, it's not too hard for God. Some of you right now, you're thinking of a person, you're like, that would take a miracle. What can I do with that? That would, that would be overwhelming. And so what, what we just need to do is just stay in faith. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Just allow that to keep working in our life. In fact, Jesus was probably so concerned about each one that he went to the cross that he told this story. Look at this story in Luke 15. Jesus told this, them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? Isn't that right? So Jesus, Jesus is reminding us to be obsessed about reaching those that are near us, those that are around us. That's, that's what God's obsessed about. He's not obsessed with the last one. He's obsessed with the next one. Do you get, do you make that, does that make sense? Have you ever lost something? Uh, I'm going to tell you a little story. A few years ago, we had, we had someone who shall remain nameless come over to the house. And uh, when she got ready to leave, she couldn't find her keys. And so Kim and I were like, well, where have you been? What have you, where, you know, we just started retracing the steps. And basically the only place that this person had been was, was on the couch. And so we have one of those, you know, kind of snap together couches, only it's not quick snap. It's like painful snap together couches <laughs> that had never been moved in years and years. We took that whole thing apart. We turned it upside down. We turned it over. We, and, and we couldn't find those keys. And finally, Kim heard a little rattle. And we went started hitting all the sides. And there was some little opening that was just between the cloth and the couch. If you ever lose anything in your couch, search there first. That's where those keys were. Now, while we were searching for those keys, were we thinking about anything else? We were obsessed with finding those keys because we were not going to be the stay overnight home, right? Come on. And in the same way, God is obsessed with finding those that have no relationship with him. That's what he's about. 
And the cool thing is, he invites us to partner with him. He says, the way we're going to do this is I'm going to empower you. I'm going to help you in this. But you actually get to be a part of the process. And so to help us kind of connect that in our own head today, I, I, I want to show you something that I saw for the first time in my life from the life of Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples. And in the story of Peter, we really find seven seasons. It's not like seven years because they were only together about three and a half. It's actually some of these seasons are just a few days. But I see seven seasons here where Jesus did interacted with Peter and, and, and Peter shows us some things that I think most of us have been through. And probably the person that God's putting on your heart to reach is going through right now. There's some place in that journey with you. And so um, let's look at these. And I think, I think they'll remind us where we've been, connect us with those we're trying to reach, and really help us, the big thing, see how Jesus responded in each of those stages. Amen? So I call it the journey of the one. So um, the first thing we, we notice is that Peter was proud. Peter was full of pride, right? Um, I'll got, I got this. I'll show you, you know, like a little kid, I can do this all by myself, right? And, uh, and, and, you know, the problem with pride is it often turns into pain. It often turns into pain. In college, some of the guys, and we had a, like, kind of like the hallway out here off the auditorium, about that height, and some of the guys were trying to jump, and, you know, college guys just doing stuff, trying to jump and, and put their head through the ceiling tile, just push the ceiling tile up, and none of them could do it. Well, I, I, you know, now you all may not believe this, but in the day, back in the day, I could sky, you know, I could, I could jump pretty well, you know. And so, y'all, look, y'all don't believe me. Yeah. Well, this white boy could. So, but pride filled my heart. And I said, I'm going to show them. The only thing was, I didn't do a standing leap. I decided to do a running jump. And that's very wonderful. Right up until your forehead encounters the ceiling grid. And so I ended up on my back with a cut that I think there's still a scar there. And I did it, but it was a painful price that I paid, right? And so literally pride went before the fall. (laughs) Now after the last supper in Mark 14, Jesus and the disciples headed out to the Mount of Olives. And on the way in Mark 14, 27, the Bible says, Jesus told them, all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But if I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. No, he didn't say, did he say if? He didn't. Y'all listen close. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. I never will. And, And what did Peter do? He thought he was stronger than he really was right? That's what he was doing. And so um, the, the ones that you love probably think that they've, they've got life handled right now. They can do it. I've got this. I can, I can handle it. Now, they don't have eternity figured out without Jesus, but they think they've got life figured out. And so I, I love that Jesus gave the answer to Peter's pride even before all these events transpired. What, what did Jesus basically say? 
I'm going to be resurrected, and I'm going ahead of you, and I'll meet you in Galilee. I'm gonna, that's where I'm going to be. So, so here's the thought. To reach the ones that are proud in your life, that need Jesus, stay connected. Jesus was talking about a future connection after Peter did what he said I'd never do. Jesus was already thinking about the connection. So Jesus went to Gethsemane to pray, took his disciples with him, and he asked Peter, James, and John to, to pray with him, to tarry with him. And what did they promptly do? Fall asleep. They fell asleep. You know, God, I'm going to really do this. And then all of a sudden, apathy, we kind of fall asleep. Mark 14, 37 says, Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. I'm going to tell you, your friends that don't know Jesus, they're asleep. They're spiritually asleep. They're just not aware. They can't see the difference that Jesus would make in their lives. Isn't that right? And so, you know, as followers of Christ, like Peter, we can be asleep as well. We can be dulled by the media. We can, we can be, um, you know, just have the cares of this life. All the things we're thinking about just overwhelm us, our, our struggles. And, and, and this is a big one. Oftentimes, we got enough going on. We think, if I just get this figured out, then I can reach out to somebody. And I, can I just tell you, as long as you have that attitude, the enemy's going to always give you something else to keep worrying about and working on and keep you from reaching out to somebody. You'll never get there. You've got to do it in spite of what you're going through. And so, uh, you know, sometimes we, can, we get so apathetic. We say, well, if Jesus really wants to reach them, you know, he'll, he'll send someone else. Or, you know, I've had this happen over the years. Well, pastor, if you could just talk to them. And it's not that I'm unwilling to talk to some people, but, but you know, I'm trying to reach my circle, right? Amen? And my job is to equip you. So, so we'll just kind of get that attitude. And what did, to Peter, James, and John, just like to us, what did Jesus respond with? He just went back and prayed some more. That's what he did. He just went and prayed some more. So if you see someone who doesn't know that they need Jesus, don't stop praying. In fact, ramp it up, increase. Don't worry about debating them. Don't worry about convincing them. Don't worry about pushing them, cajoling them. This is a big one. Don't condemn them. Amen. Right? Simply pray. You say, well, I don't know how to pray. We're here to help. If you go out to the connection point after service, there's a little card there that says, my 12 targets of blessing. On the back, and you can write some names down. On the back of that card is five things. So there's some verses there too to pray for those people. Just make you a card, pray for those every day, and you watch God's going to do a work in their life. So for the spiritually asleep in our lives, what do we do? We what? Pray. pray. So now fast forward a few hours. Jesus had been betrayed. He was arrested, and then all of a sudden we we see that Peter began to deny. He began to deny. In fact, over several hours, Peter had plenty of time to actually kind of click to the fact that Jesus had already told them that this was going to happen and that he was actually denying Jesus, but it never clicked. It didn't click for him. Luke twenty-two sixty-one says, at that moment, after the third time, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine being so close that the Lord could see you and you were denying him? 
Suddenly the Lord's words flash through Peter's mind before the rooster crows tomorrow morning. You will deny three times that you even know me. You ever been in a situation where you just knew the Lord wanted you to speak up and you didn't? Isn't that the worst? And what's, the, what's your prayer? God, give me another chance. Lord, if you just give me another chance, I'll do it this time. I'll do it, you know, I'll, 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 I'll speak up. Just give me another chance. I love this account in Luke. So you can read it out of Luke here, Luke, Luke 22. Because when Peter is denying Jesus, where's Jesus? He's right there. He's right there. Jesus is present. So what's, what's going through Peter's mind after he realizes that he has, he has actually denied Jesus of doing the very thing he said he'd never do? Probably the same thing that goes through our minds when we miss it. I'm a failure. You know, I'm, I just can't do this. You judge ourselves. We condemn ourselves. We're so full of shame. And, 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 and it's interesting to me that was what was playing in Peter's mind was the words that Jesus said, by tomorrow morning, you're going to deny me three times. But, but not the way I'm saying it. The way it probably played is how things play in your mind. And that is, it's the same words, but it's with that attitude, I told you so. How could you be so, so stupid? How could you be so, and, we, and we, just, we, we have that mind. And that's probably what was going on in Peter's mind. And what it was Peter doing? He was remembering his failures instead of focusing on God's promise. Jesus said, I'm going to meet you in Galilee. Again, not Galilee. I'm going to meet you in Galilee after the resurrection. When you say Galilee and, and resurrection together, it might come out Galilee, okay? But, but he said, I'm going to meet you in Galilee after the resurrection. But Peter wasn't thinking. He was just thinking about what had gone on with him. So for the ones that are denying Jesus in your life right now, what do you do? Just be present. Be present. Jesus was present in the lowest moment of Peter's life. Jesus was there. What was, what was the result? What was the, uh, the next step? Often it's being broken. That's what happened. Uh, when your friends um, who don't think they need Jesus hit the wall when life hits them hard, and, and you know, Kim and I say this, they kind of hit the wall and slide down. They hit rock, rock bottom. What they're broken. They're broken. And, you know, we know when we miss God, it breaks us. They'll, they'll figure that out as well. And you know what? It broke Peter too. In Luke twenty-two sixty-two, it says, And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. He knew what he'd done. You probably had those moments like that. It, when we sin or when we even just miss it, oftentimes those things lead to us, lead us to a place where we're just, we're just broken. But what happens in places of brokenness? A couple things happen. One, oftentimes pride is broken off. Amen. When we're broken, they're, they're, there's some things that are stripped away. Pride is one of them. The other one is, is often control. I can't do this by myself. I can't make it on my own. And so when Peter breaks, where is Jesus? He's suffering. He's suffering. He was taking Peter's failure. He was taking Peter's sin. He was taking our failure. He was taking our sin. And he was taking the failures and sins for every person that you know or don't know. What did Peter do? Peter left to kind of to lick his wounds and dry his tears. 
Luke twenty two sixty three says that G- basically Jesus stayed. What did he do? He didn't leave. He just stayed on his journey to the cross. There's a little side note. Don't let somebody else's journey off into a hard place take you off the course that you're supposed to be on. It says, then the guards in Luke 22, 63, then the guards in charge of Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and said, prophesy to us who hit you that time. And they hurled all sorts of terrible insults at him. And this was the beginning. This was the beginning of the torture that he was going to experience, not simply because he loved torture, because he didn't. He was human. He felt all the things we would feel in that kind of torture. Jesus endured that torture because he loved you and he loved me and he loves the one in your life that needs Jesus. So when our friends and family reach the breaking point, it's not the time to say, I told you so. It's the time to stay in it with them. Just stay, stay in the relationship. Stay connected to them. Be a true friend. Be a godly dad. Be a, be a real parent to them. Love them well. What happens after we, we're broken? Oftentimes we go adrift. I mean, after we're broken, we're trying to figure it out. We know we can't do it, but we don't know where to go. And so many times the one who needs need Jesus often, to see, often seem to run further from God after they've been broken. Like them, we often run back to the safe and comfortable that we know instead of drawing close to Jesus. Have you ever had a friend that was struggling with an addiction or something really difficult and instead of, instead of just, you know, kind of making progress after they realized it, they just went right back to it. It's, they were adrift. And you know what? Peter did the same thing. Peter, Peter was adrift. Um, even after, because what happened after this, Jesus went to the cross and the resurrection happened. They went back to Galilee. Jesus met him there. They had been with Jesus. But do you know what was still there? The hurt. Peter never really quite got over what had happened. It was, it was hanging on him. And so that pain of denial was, it was unresolved. He, he couldn't get the failures out of his mind. And some of you are like that. Some of you online, you're watching today. You're participating. You're saying, you know what? I just can't, I can't let it go. If only I had done that differently. And that's exactly what Peter was thinking. John 21, verse 3. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Every, you know, some, I know some of y'all are fishermen. I mean, you just you're like, I've had it. I'm going fishing. That was basically what Peter, Peter said, you know, I'm going fishing. Now, we know Peter must have been a really good fisherman. Why was that? Well, because before Jesus called him to be his disciple, he had a fishing business. He knew where all the spots were. He knew where to go. He knew how, knew how to get the most fish. It, it was going to be great. But on this day, Peter came up empty. No fish. He fished all night, the Bible says, And caught nothing. Why? Because when Jesus calls you out of something, it never works well to go back. Remember about 15 years ago, I'd been through a a breaking season myself. Just been a really hard time. I was was broken. I was wounded. I was still pastoring, but it was a a tough thing. And and it just, it was hard. And And I began to think about, wow. I bet I could go back and do accounting. 
I still know how to put debits on the left and credits on the right. You know, there's, I could go figure this out. And so I began to think about that. And about that time, as the enemy will often do, I had a friend who came to me and said, hey, I, you know, he's a businessman. He said, you know, I, I got, I, I got books, but I, that's not my thing. I, you know, it's just a mess. I need to get this, this, you know, box of stuff organized. He didn't have books. He had it in a box. And I said, well, I can help you with that. And when he brought that box to me and I took that box in that moment, I realized that was not what God wanted me to do. So I, because I'd given my word, I took the box and I said, Lord, and I remember, I remember sitting at my desk and, uh, and, and at home and just, just saying, God, if you'll just help me to do this well for this man, I'm, I'm not going back. And that was, just, that was just a decision because when, when we're broken and adrift, we want to go back. Peter wanted to go back. And you've probably been adrift too. You've had times things have happened. And matter of fact, you may be adrift right now. And so we should do what Jesus did for those people we know that are adrift. Here's what John 21, 4 says. At dawn, Jesus was standing at the beach. But the disciples who couldn't see who it was he called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did and they couldn't haul in the net because there was so many fish in it. When your friends are adrift, this may be a little bit stretch of the, what was going on here, go have a meal with them. <laughs> because if you read the next verses, that's what Jesus did. He had a meal with them. He sat down and he began to, to talk with them. And so that gets us to the next thought. What happened next? Peter was restored. You have friends that after all this relational connection, there's going to come a time of restoration. If you're, if you're one who's been running from God, if you've maybe served God, but you're hurt, you're disappointed, you've turned away, God wants to restore you. If you've been broken by life, Jesus, he's, he's been searching. He's out on the beach. Where you go, he's on the lake where you try to go fishing or whatever your equivalent of fishing is. Jesus is there. He's searching for you. Why? Not so he can remind you of your failure. That's what the enemy wants you to think. What he wants to do is he wants to remind you of your destiny in him. All right? You see, if, if your friend or your family member has not given their life to Jesus, their destiny begins with a relationship with Jesus. If your friend or your family member used to live for God and has fallen away, their destiny begins with a restored relationship. And if you've not personally embraced a relationship with Jesus, that's, that's when yours starts. Maybe you say, well, I've given my life to Jesus. Well, the destiny that God has for you is to be engaged in helping reaching other people that you know for him. Now, the interesting thing is here in this story in John 21, as, as it is as accounted for there, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And each time that Jesus asked Peter that, Peter said, I love you. I love you. In fact, the last time he said, I know, you know that I love you. And I, I can't prove it biblically, but I think, I think Jesus wanted him to know that for every time he denied, Peter denied Jesus, Jesus was saying, I want you to know, I want you to reaffirm, I love you. And so in John 21, 17, 
Jesus asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. What did Jesus do when Peter was hurting, when he was, he was still hanging on to the thoughts of the past? Jesus spoke into his calling. Peter had a calling on his life. You have a calling on your life. And you have something that only you can do in someone else's life. Amen. That's a calling, right? And so when your friends are hurting, just remind them of the calling that God has on their life. And so what Jesus did for Peter is he assured them of a future making a difference. And we can do the same. It's not, it's not too much for God to forgive you. You say, but I wasted so many years and so many things have happened. I, I don't know I can't, I, if I can get to where I was to do what I should have done. No, you can't. But you can start where you are and go where God wants to take you. And he'll use all of that mess to reach somebody else down the road. He won't waste a thing. And so it's not too late to live for Jesus. It's not too late to get in your calling. And so then the Bible goes on in Acts chapter 2. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what was the result? And that's a big thing. We should be filled with the Spirit. But what, what, what happened after that was the seventh thought here is that Peter became a witness. Became a witness. He went from proud to asleep to denying to broken to adrift to restored. And finally he became an empowered Witness. What does a witness do? Just tells what they've seen. I remember when I was adrift. This is what Jesus did for me. I remember when I was broken. This is what Jesus did for me. That, that's what a witness does. And God has that same plan for every one of us. That we'll get to the place that we're a restored and empowered witness. Acts 2.14, after, after all of this had happened, then there came a day when people were saying some things and then it says, then Peter stepped forward with 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. Now, I'm not saying you got to shout. I am saying we need to be bold. Amen. We need to be bold. Be bold to step up with, for Jesus with family and friends. Why did, why did I share all this today? Because when you understand the journey Peter went through, it may look a lot, a lot like some journeys of some friends that you have. And hopefully you've seen just a little bit of what Jesus did there. And you can say, you know what? I can do that. I can be that person like Jesus was for Peter. I can be that into my friend's life. So let me close today with just three quick thoughts. What do we do with this faith that we're trying to develop? How do we have faith for the person that God puts on our heart or the people that God puts on our heart? Three thoughts. Here's the first one. The, the one with faith for the one, praise persistently. Praise persistently. Matthew 9, 37 and 38, Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. More laborers, one translation says. So what does that mean? So don't just pray persistently for the person you're trying to reach. Pray for other people to be sent across their path. Pray for others that you know here at the church. Pray for you, those, your family and friends that you know live for Jesus. God, mobilize all of us to do our part. Has the world ever needed Jesus more? Has there ever been a time where there were more people to reach? No. This is the time, right? And so I, I want to encourage you to do something this week. It's the week of uh, leading up to Easter next Sunday. I want to encourage you to join me in fasting some meals this week. 
and spending some time, maybe it's one, maybe it's a lunch, breakfast, dinner, whatever it is, and, and just say, I'm going to spend this time praying for those that God puts on my heart. Praying for the, for, for the ones that are throughout this church, you that are online as well, that are believing God to reach someone in their life. Let's pray for each other. Amen? So that's the first thought. Here's the second one. The one who has faith for the one gives generously. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're going to reach people, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some investment. You're going to have to be intentional about it. It might be a meal. It might be a prayer. Somehow it's going to take some time. It might be a text. It might be a call. But it also, another way we give is is through our finances. We, We can give that way. Why? Because it costs money to reach people. We're, we're reaching people we've never would have reached. In fact, the folks that are joining us and with us online today are there because people gave. Because we, we were able to have the technology to go out there. And so when we give consistently of our finances to God, here's what happens. Matthew 6, 20 and 21 says, store your treasures in heaven. I've never seen a shipment, a, 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 bo- a storage box headed to heaven. Never done a funeral with a U-Haul behind that says, Pastor, can you make sure this stuff gets to heaven? <laughs> Never happened. So what's the treasure in heaven? It's people. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. In other words, when you give to reach people, you give financially, you give time, all of those things, when, as you give that, God translates that into lives that are saved and in eternity. That's the treasure. Amen? Amen. So we, 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 that, what does that do? That moves our hearts towards the things of God, this verse says, when we give. So we, we're going to pray persistently. We're going to give generously. And here's the third thing. We're going to go boldly. You say, oh, Pastor, I'm not a bold person. Neither am I. You say, oh, Pastor, you're pretty bold. <laughs> yeah, but that's not a natural thing for me. I can curl up in a room all by myself and be happy all day. Right? So, so, you know, some of you, yeah, some of you are like, oh, that'd be the worst by myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a great guy. I'm not saying that prideful, but I like myself, right? <laughs> some of y'all got to work on that. But, but I want you to go boldly. You are bold, not because of who you are, your personality. It's because of what God does on the inside of you. And in that moment, he'll give you something to go with. Acts 1 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, so what, how do you go about? You're just always looking for a way to, to encourage someone to, to bring Jesus into the conversation, not in a weird way. I've been in some of those weird conversations, and I don't even want to be around those people, right? So, so just in a very normal, natural way with the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you to go boldly this week. But let's invite people to Easter services next Sunday. Whether you're online, invite them online. If you're here in person, invite them in person. And, and, and why, why invite them to a church service? Because Easter Sunday is a celebration of what makes Christianity, serving Jesus, different than anything else in the world. And that is we worship a risen Savior. And we're going to celebrate that next Sunday. Amen? And so it's also the easiest and best way to help somebody take another step with Jesus. So are you ready? I hope you got your notes out. I want to give you several ways that you can go boldly this week. Everyone say go boldly. Go boldly. All right. 
First of all, go to Instagram and Facebook and share our posts. If you're on those platforms, go share our posts. By the way, if you haven't liked us or followed us, His Place Family Church, that's, that, you'll find us there. It'll all look familiar. And then on Thursday, we, if you have given us your email, we emailed out to you uh, a little image that you can save to your phone and use this week to text a friend and say, hey, I'd love to have you. I'm going to be in the 930 service or I'm going to be in the 11 a.m. service. Would you come to church with me? I'd love to sit with you. Just text that to them, right? And then um, yesterday, there was a post on Facebook that there's a way we've got an image that you can change your Facebook profile. Here, let me give you a little Facebook secret. All your friends see your profile change. They'll see that more than they see your posts. Facebook was put that right to the top because this was a significant event. So we made an image and it just says, be my guest, Easter Sunday, 930 and 11, right? So you can go change your profile, amen? And then, you know, there's something else we can do. It's this, this thing, we, we don't do it much anymore, but we actually talk to someone. You know, use, use words, you know, and invite them. I mean, you can call them on the phone or you can see them in person. We've got Be My Guest cards out there. You can, you can do that. Or you can just say, hey, I'm going to church Easter Sunday. Can I pick you up and give you a ride? Just bring a bit, be a bringer, right? Just bring them with you next Sunday. Amen? And for all of those that you're going to be talking to that have kids, next Sunday we're going to have an Easter egg hunt. They're going to get gobs of candy after each service. And so it's going to be a great time. Our kids' ministry is pumped and ready, and uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. Amen? So what are we going to do? We're going to pray persistently, we're going to give generously, and we're going to go boldly. Say, I can go, I can go. Boldly. boldly. Amen. So what's our next step? Put faith into action. Because James 1 says, faith without works is dead. James 2 actually says, faith without works is dead. So let's think about how we can not initiate this on our own, but actually partner with God to see the thing that He cares most about, the lost being found, happen through us. Amen? Let's bow our heads this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, this morning we thank you today for each one that's thinking about who they could reach today. Father, I pray today that you would give us boldness that we haven't had. Father, put people on our hearts. Father, so many times we tend to think about the masses. We think about, well, I know so many people but Father, I pray that there be one here and one there and another one someplace else that would just be um, just heavy on our hearts. That we would, as, as we used to say in the, kind of the old school way, that we, we would be burdened with. They're not a burden, Lord, but, but that expression. that We just know I've got to reach out to them. And Father, I pray this week that when that happens, we will be bold enough to speak up to seek you and to say, God, how do you want me to do it? Whether it's a text, a call, whatever it would be. Father, help us just to partner. And Father, help us to know the joy, the absolute joy of helping someone take another step with you. Father, it's not our responsibility to help them take that step. It's our responsibility to offer them that step. Father, we may invite 50 people and Nobody shows up because we invite them. That's all right. We did our part. But Father, I thank you that you're going to help us to do our part this week. And Father, because of it, eternity will be different. Life will be different for some people we know and care about. 
Father, we thank you for that. We praise you for that. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, maybe you're thinking here today, well, Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm the one that, you know, I've been through all those seven things that Peter was in, and, and I've never really surrendered my life to Jesus. This would be a perfect day. The day we celebrate Jesus, you know, riding into Jerusalem to get ready to die on the cross for your sins. So if you'd like to make that decision, maybe you say, I've had a whole bunch of mental objections, a whole bunch of questions. That's all right. Those will be taken care of in due time. What God's waiting for is just a simple decision that says, I'm going all in. So if you're going to do that, do it with the rest of us. We're going to say a prayer together out loud. You that are online, say it with us. And let's, let's just give our lives to Jesus. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to make me a new person from the inside out. God, I turn away from my old life and I turn to you. God, I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. And Jesus, I ask you, forgive my sins, lead my life. I put my faith and trust in you and I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate with those who made that decision today?